It's your boy Tommy, and today we here with the Lavis Podcast, the Millennial Herb Podcast. Let's get lit. You are now tuned in to Millennial Herb. This is Cheryl. This is Ariel. And you are now tuned in to Melanie Hurt. Hey, we're back for episode 11 entitled mm-hmm. The Future is Female. Oh, hell yeah. And if you don't know where that saying is from, she's too young for you, he's too young for you, and you need to get your life together. <laughs> but, of course, I want to thank our loyal listeners who have been tuning in and supporting us so far. And I have some great news. If you follow us on social media, you already know, but we have now received over 1k listeners so shout out to us Um, we came came such a long way and season two is almost over we only have one more episode until our season finale and also of course the millennial podcast caters to both male and females because we like to say we're the blueprint for like-minded bosses on a rise yes if you haven't already It's not too late to join, become a Patreon member. We have a lot of great perks that we've already been giving out to our loyal listeners, but make sure that you continue to follow us and help us fund our 5K goal to build a team. Continue more than just Anaya because she's beautiful, but we want to keep building and heighten the stakes for TMP. We are offering, offering a variety of merch behind the scenes of how to make a podcast and entry into a big, big, big giveaway but obviously we want to bring anaya on to this week's episode obviously y'all ain't hear her in a minute but you are hearing her today you hearing me today what's up and also (laughs) um tmp listeners stay tuned because we have something special planned for our one-year anniversary word but we gotta get started with something none other than our signature segment which are hot topics hot and so hot in here. So hot in. Obviously, we have to shed a light. Um, This is a little bit sad, but we have to talk about Diane Carroll. She yes. passed away October 4th, 2019, last month. She was an actress and a singer who broke barriers for women of color in entertainment when she was starred in um, Julia the first African-American television series to chronicle the life of a black professional woman. Prior to Julia, black women, when they were seen on series televisions, had a long tie to marginal roles, examples like, you know, being a mammy or a domestic role. She also sang on Broadway, where she was the first woman of color to win a Tony Award, which is huge. Diane Carroll went on to play many different roles on TV series and movies like Claudine, Dynasty, my favorite shows of all times, A Different World. You know, I love Grey's Anatomy. She was in Eve Bayou's. Her roster goes on and on. In recent news, Tyler Perry opened up his Tyler Perry Studios, dedicating 12 sound stages in honor of African-American icons in Hollywood, including Diane Carroll, who was supposed to attend as the um, he 
unveiled the name of her stage. The gathering, everyone cheered. He had fireworks and Tyler Perry stated, let her hear you up in the heaven. As clips of Julia Dynasty and the film Claudine and all of her other moments from her amazing career played on the screens. Um, this just goes into a discussion about the evolution of black women roles in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So for Anaya and Ari, like we have to really dissect this because I want to really know, do you think that Hollywood still stereotypes black women when it comes to roles in sitcoms? Or do you feel like Hollywood has made a huge improvement? Go ahead, Anaya. So um, I think that it's definitely improving I think it's still in the process of improving. So, for an example, we saw Black and Blue movie. Yes. That's an example of... Shout out to Urban World Film Festival. Shout out to them. Um, that's an example of a, a Black woman protagonist that's not a mammy, that whose story does not revolve around a man, who's not over-sexualized. So, I think that there are some strides being made, but I, I don't know if it's huge yet. Yeah. Um, to add to you, Anaya, about, you know, whether it, black women are being stereotyped when it comes to roles on sitcoms. Um, I feel like we have to fight for that yeah. on a constant daily. Like we have to make it a topic of conversation. Like, for example, when um, y'all know I love me some Taraji P. Henson and I was reading her book. Um, around the way girl and she was just discussing how for example for um one of her uh, movies with will packer was a think like a man yeah it took her a lot of rounds of auditioning and a lot of negotiations to even play that role that she played as a what it was a lawyer or yeah she was like a ceo or something yeah, yeah. yeah at first they wanted her to play um they wanted her to play megan good's part they wanted her to play Regina Hall's part, being the single mom. They wanted her to play the the promiscuous. That's funny because I cannot. I the role that she played fits her so well. But they wanted her to play. They wanted that one for a white woman. Oh. They but in the the two parts that were for quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes again, guys. They wanted that for her as opposed to her being the astute woman. So it just goes to show, like it's a constant conversation for right. women to fight to be like different roles or you know just regina king you know like just a lot of prominent black women um wanda sykes um you know just so many women who are continuing to fight monique she constantly talks about just not having her worth and not being right talked about so you know whether it's an improvement yes whether it's a huge improvement I don't know. I feel like they're just starting to see that black women can bring box office numbers. Mm -hmm. I feel and so they're giving us more of a chance. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. Only I time will tell. I feel that Hollywood has made a huge, tremendous improvement compared wow. to... Um, okay. Compared to when Diane Carroll... Car I mean, you, you compared gotta, to that, I yes. Mean, yes, but, but like my opinion is like... I love the fact that I'm seeing more darker skinned women on TV. Shouts to Lupita. Shouts to Viola. Um, shouts to Natural Hair. Like, but that when, when was um black like filmmakers? Okay, as when well. was the last time? So we're bringing each other. We're up. bringing each other up. But I love the fact that like when I was younger, I never seen a black superhero, uh, let alone a female. So the fact that that this is now becoming mainstream is a huge thing. Do I feel that? I don't. Don't don't get me wrong. Like I don't feel like. 
Hollywood is 100%. They're still lacking because they're not telling our stories where right. where where, where um, other creators like Tyler Perry, where Shonda Rhimes is telling our story. We're lacking stories about stuff that black women deal with, whether it's mental health, um, pregnancy, childbirth, and whatnot. But I feel that in mainstream media, um, well, mainstream television, like... Like the new show, All Rise, you see a, a woman that's a judge. You see um, Kerry Washington on Scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Viola Davis being a lawyer. So I feel like they they have made some strides. Are they, all are they fully there yet? No. sexualized though. Oh, yeah. So let's. I'm happy you said that. Let's talk about uh, black exploitation. Like, like Kerry Washington, hella sec- uh, hypersexualized. Viola Davis, she always just loved the bottle, like her, like alcohol. alcohol they always made sure she had like a little crutch. Mm-hmm. So and then black exploitation, you know, Foxy Brown, she was badass. Yeah, you know, she was Curvaceous. she was beating people up, but she was very sexualized. Although Hollywood is making more sitcoms and shows diverse, what do you think that they're lacking when it comes to black women roles? Um, when it comes to black women roles, I think it's, I think it's more so the studios, like the about your business, the where either the black. The black angry female, or we're the um, we're looking for a a white man or someone who's not of black uh, black descent or African descent. Um, Where you know it's either it's it's like always got to be polar opposites. So that's what I would feel like is like lacking. We're lacking empathy. We're lacking like real story and knowledge and backstory of what our women are going through. We all automatically just assuming that they're angry, that they're lonely, Mm -hmm. that they need something from a man or the other. So do you feel that this is, this is from mainstream or like, cause this is not our, like, I feel like black creators aren't liking that, but it's mostly like mainstream. But But I feel like black creators are in one part doing what will sell one part, not like trying to, trying to push the envelope but it's also trying to make sure that your movie and your show will see the light of day so do you do you think that it helps the fact that our reality shows shows exactly what the movies are showing that we're trying to get away from we're trying to get away from looking you know ghetto ghetto and ratchet and dependence and all of that stuff but then you have shows like basketball Basketball wives loving hip hop -hop and all of that i'm glad y'all mentioned that because basketball wives this most recent season basketball wives la like was despicable. Yeah, I, did, I think like, it's the last season. I didn't even and watch I, it. I don't even know if yeah. it's the but last season. But I've been season. seeing all the shades. It on was Shaver. obviously like it was one of the best seasons. I would say, yeah, hands definitely. down, because it was just like equal part obviously drama that's entertaining, but it's also like we saw right through you. Like mm-hmm. we we really did. As far as um with the OG and Evelyn Lozada talking about colorism. And we know, Cheryl, you, you know, you very passionate about that topic. And it's just like, because she was dark skinned, she didn't um, identify with being Afro Latina. Um, like just the, the, the logistics of it and just the mean girl aspect of it. It's like, that's not something we're trying to advertise right. as black women. Like we don't always have to do that. We can lift, lift the, lift each other up so um since we're talking about reality tv yes um i just kind of want to transition to just actual sitcoms yeah um 
I know for me, I have a lot of TV characters that I relate to. But like I just, who? Like me personally, um, Issa Rae on Insecure. Oh, I yeah. Feel like I feel like <laughs> I relate to her. Um, she stay out of drama. I'm like very days out of it. I'm very awkward. Everyone that knows me, I'm very socially awkward, but I'm lit. I like to turn up. I like to have a good vibe. But Yeah, you could fight. Oh, I could fight too. <laughs> um, I relate to Insecure a lot. How about you? Any characters? Um, so I am Moesha. Moesha's me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Mo to the. Eat to the. Moesha, first of all, she was that teen that number one was very studious. She was into journalism. She rebelled with her, you know. She her rebelled a little bit too boyfriend. much. Too much. She but Q life. was a bad boy, I, though. I, I that been was told, me. That was my life. I've I'm been like, told Frank to just whoop her. Like she needed but a good. Frank used to come OD. Like Bensky, just did she, she not need a good butt whooping? Just because she wear Hakeem she don't did. mean she. she just because she used to be at Endell's den and Frank would be like, "I saw you with some dude." Of course, it's a it's a free country. Like dudes yes. come here to eat. Like, but when you mean? think about it, she didn't do nothing outrageous. She got a she, little. Tat. But she had the potential. But like, she she came down them stairs with Usher and he was just like, oh, like yeah. looking like they just had <laughs> sex. Like it was crazy. Uh, what's a TV character that I can relate to? Yo, I ain't going to say, I feel so cliche for saying this, but I'll say this anyway because I don't got time. Taraji P. Hinton and Cookie, Cookie from Empire. Oh, I could see I that I ain't about too. to do 17 years for nobody, but. I could see that My too. point is, it's like, because <laughs> that's 17 years out of my life. I can't, but my point is, I relate to her character because it's just like, I'm going to be who I am. She, when she was wearing them cheetah prints, nobody could understand. That's what she liked. That's you, definitely. Um, that's me. Like <laughs> I can wear whatever I want. You may not mess with it, but guess what? Like that's what I like. That's just period. Or or just being yourself. So right, and that's period. That's period. So in conclusion, Diane Carroll will always be remembered for her contributions yes. in Black history. Mm-hmm. Diane Carroll passed away at eighty four. The cause was complications of breast cancer. Wow. Ms. Carroll had survived breast cancer in the 1990s and became a public advocate for screening and treatment. So this kind of transitions to our um, second hot topic. As you know, last month was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, we just wanted to share some statistics that we found. One in every eight women in the United States will develop breast cancer in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. African-American women have the highest death rate from breast cancer. Wow, why is that? No, you know, no, African American women have a, a lot of stuff that's higher than everybody. With um, like, risk with pregnancies, like, like, diabetes, and everything. Um, what is um, uh, your what is it? Kidney, a, your a liver, cyst? No, a cyst, oh, stuff cyst? with your, cyst? your, your ovarian your, cancer, all yeah, that. Ovarian, it's crazy. Yeah. There are over three point five million breast cancer survivors in the United States. In Anaya. Although rare, although rare, men get breast cancer too. So the lifetime risk for U.S. men is about one in a thousand. Wow. And this just, um, obviously, like I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but I didn't even know men could get breast cancer until I seen this recent interview with Good Ma- Good Morning America, where Matthew knows Beyonce's father announced that he is battling stage one of breast cancer. I mean, I mean, I feel bad for saying it, but at least it's like stage. Yeah, like but, it ain't like he might be know. on his deathbed, but it is something serious. Right. Yeah, sure. but I didn't know that men could get breast cancer at all. I did know that, but you know what? A lot of people was in the comments very surprised. Yeah. So that is one of those and facts that go over people's heads. So Matthew Noel shared his story on coming to terms with his diagnosis. 
His thoughts on the stigma attached to male breast cancer and his hopes was that his account will inspire more men to speak out. I feel that. Even former NFL Carolina Panthers player D'Angelo Williams created a program, 53 Strong for Sandra, in honor of his late mother who died from breast cancer. Since he began his initiative in 2014, D'Angelo and his foundation have paid a total of 500 mammograms. Wow. His goal is to host free mammogram screenings in all 50 states. So my question to you, Anaya and Cheryl's, is how can we get involved and be aware? There's a lot that we can do. Um, obviously, fundraising, um, we all do it. We're in a sorority, so you already know. Yeah. When it comes to supporting and donating, we do the breast cancer walk every year. Um, and it's very important to get a clinical breast examination um, every three years from the ages of 20 to 39 and then every year thereafter. Yeah, and I think as millennials, like, we can just make it cool. Make mm-hmm. it cool to get checked and get yeah. screened because we're at that age and, you know, we might not be exempt. So just basically just make it cool again. Make it trend so that everybody's aware and get screened. And, and also, continue- oh, go ahead. And also, we just need to educate ourselves. Like I said exactly. before, I didn't know men could get breast cancers until I, I was doing like so much research. And I'm just like, I was just mind blown on what I found. And also, if you're a breast cancer survivor or you have survivors in your family, your neighbors, or your peers, you can volunteer with many different organizations. So in conclusion, we would say, although Breast Cancer Awareness Month was in October, we shouldn't spread awareness just simply in October. We should spread it in any and every month that we need to to continue the conversation, to break stigmas, and make sure that we are keeping up with our screenings because at the end of the day, every three years from 20 to 39, that you should be getting clinical breast examinations and then every year after that. But well said. Thank you. The Natural Hair Regimen is a natural hair care line that comes enclosed in a pretty box. The Natural Hair Regimen provides a six-step program that promotes healthy, natural hair by providing products that work intrinsically to prevent breakage in hair and by optimizing hair retention goals. Within the box, customers are not only provided quality products needed to create a healthy regimen catered to kinky hair textures, but also instructions and guidance on how to care for their unique hair needs. By knowing how to treat your hair, you will inevitably adapt self-confidence and a positive image that will encourage you to care for your hair and wear it proudly. For more on how to purchase, visit FancysHairInnovation.com. We have to transition into our Black Business of the Week. Okay. So Black Business of the Week, since my best friend told me earlier offline, we always shout out Burger Wala. So I'm going to just go ahead and shout them out again because they burgers do be good. And um and I'm hoping that they give me a free burger one day. <laughs> we, we trying to get sponsors. You trying to pick no, up? No, that's ass. facts. Though. <laughs> Did y'all ever try a hot dog? Yo, have you ever tried their chicken burger? <laughs> like, no, is that I, the, I tried, is that the remember same as talk- chicken sandwich? No, remember? No, 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 no it's, it's like a grilled chicken burger. Remember when when we went to um Halsey Festival? What did I, I get? I got something. Sweet potato, sweet potato. Yeah, that's what you had. Sweet potato fries and something. the chicken burger. It was good. It was really good. And then their veggie burger is really good too hmm. yeah because that was the first thing i got from burger wildlife and i'm not even veg none of that 
Guess what, guys? What? Um, for my Black Business of the Week, I met my friend in my head. The I love her, Amanda, Amanda Sills, Sills. and I got her? yeah, and I got her book. And um, oh wait, you went to a book signing? Yeah, I went to her book signing, and she signed my book. I met her. What was it say? This was in the Bronx. Like, mind you, Cheryl don't got wait, no business being in the Bronx. When did you go to the Bronx? Like, you're doing mad solo. <laughs> she invited me, but I said no. But my point is, it's just like, dang. Yeah, like, I love her. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna What'd take, she say? I'm going to take this um trip out. She just showed me love. Like, she wasn't like everyone said. She wasn't said. like lovey. Amanda was dope. Her book is amazing. I started reading it. It's a really good book. Okay. The Millennial Herb Podcast is looking for you business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers out there looking to gain exposure and more consumer support for all of the latest projects or merchandise or whatever great things that you have going on. We're looking to promote that throughout our episodes. We have a full season ahead of us, so please email us if you're looking for multiple packages available at the Millennial Herb Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us at the Millennial Herb Podcast at gmail.com. Well, switching to our main topic, which, which is, is obviously feminism. And, and that doesn't mean to scare our men. Our male yeah. listeners. Because, you know, TMP caters to both male and women. But we have to talk about my favorite show. Girlfriends. Girlfriends. I love girlfriends. Yeah, you remember that theme song? It was all looking sexy. They, they was sexy walking chocolate. like... And the wind was blowing. Like they sexy right chocolate. <laughs> Ooh, I need to just go home and watch that. Ooh, if I didn't have a Yo, job. Yo, I wish it was uh, on Netflix so I could binge Yo, it. me too. I wish it was on Hulu. Netflix, get it together. Yeah, but Girlfriends was created by Queen Mara Brock Akil, starring Tracy Ellis Ross, Golden, Golden Brooks, Brooks, Persia White, and Jill Marie Jones. Tony Childs, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and this um show gave a look into the lives of love and losses of four different black women, Tony, Maya, Lynn, and Joan. It ran for eight seasons. Eight. Eight seasons from 2001 to 2008 on UPN 9. What y'all know about that? So they must have did like if he, multiple seasons in yeah, one. If, if, they, if they don't know about UPN 9, they too young for you. Yeah, that and, really is. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but um, it spawned a spinoff, which was the game, you know, Melanie and Durant. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, yeah, yeah, you ain't because Melanie was Joan's cousin. Up, yeah, and she showed up at Joan's, what was it called? It was the, like the, her restaurant. Yeah. Oh, I need oh, to brush like up on my girlfriends because I love the game and I did not know it was a spinoff. Yeah, because Joan yeah. and Melanie were cousins. But it wasn't like a spinoff that we know today because typically spinoffs is like, like Moesha the Parkers right. and whatever. But that was like really random. We never seen this cousin before. No, but if you watch the game, cousin. the first episode, it wasn't was it? it wasn't Pooch Hall that was playing Derwin. It was like this other Derwin. You never wow. seen the original. I don't think I saw and the then, first episode. And, and Joan was on that episode. So oh, wait, wow. I don't okay. see. Anyway, um, anyway. girlfriends was one of the highest rated scripted shows on television among African American adults. That's a big ranging from the age of eighteen to thirty four. Last month, the cast of girlfriends reunited on Blackish. And they, I mean, everyone went crazy. Though when I first, literally everyone tagged me because I'm such a huge Girlfriends fan that everyone, like my phone was going on fire. And I'm like, what is going on? And when I seen that, because they were doing their cast from the um, past week where ABC had um, reunited with um, all the casts from different mm -hmm. shows. They and, and they ended up, um, the cast of Girlfriends ended up playing Bo's college friends. So since... Blackage episode dropped. It's been this quiz that's been going around social media. It's been on Facebook. 
and Instagram, and it's like, which girlfriends are you? So we all looked at it, and Word. we're all going to share our results. So do y'all want me to go first? You could go first. So out of all the girlfriends, I would say I'm Lynn. Why? Because it says Lynn is very free-spirited, confused about life, but goes <laughs> with the flow. If it's free, best believe she'll be there. Loves music and art. I would say that I'm Lynn because I felt like sis was a whole multi-hyphenate. Like she was really sis had hella degrees, right? And I feel like that's like me. Like I have a lot of degrees so far, and I'm 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 always working on a new degree, and um I don't really know which angle I want to go with life. Like I feel like I'm I have like so much passion and so much creativity that I don't know where I want to go. But one thing I don't agree with with Lynn, Lynn was um, living with people and living off of people. And I was never about that life, like yeah. staying with my friends. But when it came yeah. to like creativity The fact wise, that I was still able to be friends, like even through those arguments was kind and, of still like exemplary. Yeah. And like, sis was just living like them. Something to strive to like that. Okay. If Joan and, and, and Lynn can still be friends and Lynn was mooching off of Joan right. for so long and Joan was letting it slide and she was just being a good friend to support her but friend. See, Joan let What's a lot of stuff slide from mm. all her friends. That's her own fault. <laughs> yeah, but, but I would I, I would just say that I'm Lynn because of the fact like we she I, did she's Lynn. always been my favorite girlfriend because she was mad smart, but she just needed to get life together and ain't nothing wrong with that. Um for me I would I mean, Anaya agree clearly. She the one who made me spark to look. I mean, if I got to look through all 40s, I would have to be in between Joan Clayton and obviously Maya Wilkes. I would go more with Maya Wilkes just in personality-wise only because it's like it says she says whatever is on her mind whenever. Oh, hell no. Has a slight attitude problem, but she's down to earth, always down for a good time. And if you're ever in trouble, call her up and she'll pull up. All of these things are true. So it's like, um, that's me. But also when it comes to Joan Clayton, I do take pride in my career and goals. I'm extreme control freak. I wouldn't say extreme, but like I'm feeling like I'm getting extreme. And then likes to think of myself as the mom to her friends i don't like to think that because i don't want that that. but i that is my life so i mean i but yeah so i am in between joan and maya what would you say anaya um i would say i'm more of a joan because i do take pride in, in my goals and stuff like i take that really serious passionate about that um and I will cut a guy off in a second. Mm. I will cut a guy off for anything. Like, so the way she was in the show, how she just, she, she always had. She didn't really cut them off for anything. She, she had, it was always valid she, reasons. It, you know what? The thing about Joan, and this is why I feel like Girlfriends was beyond our time. It was. Joan, it was definitely. It was, Joan noticed red flags and wasn't early. with it early and wasn't with it. Yeah, so I don't think I'm like a mom, but I definitely can identify with Joan a little bit. She was just a little too extra sometimes. So with that being said, um, like everyone who's listening to this and knows me, they know I'm a huge Girlfriends fan. So I just want to talk about our favorite episodes of Girlfriends. Um, I can personally start. The episode with Donnie McClurkin and they're in church and Tony and Joan go up for the altar call. 
I love the Cinco de Mayo is holiday time episode. Um, and last but not least, um, the whole Maya and Darnell situation. And that's gonna be mine, sis. You you can't have multiple. <laughs> like the so. Oh, here it go. <laughs> like, that was can't. just crazy because I'm just that like, was mine. That was mine. mine. That was yours. Mine, 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 mine was that. Fa- my favorite one was the one where. Darnell, because first of all, we got cell phones, so the fact that he's talking about your cell phone butt dials and da da da, I'm like, oh my god, this is why we got technology better now, because like this, we trying to avoid this. But um, when he called her, but the thing, okay, and then my other favorite episode, just to close out that one, was when after he found out, okay, she was caught, mm-hmm. like whatever, and she didn't even. It was like that first time we really saw the whole idea of emotional cheating. Because, like, she didn't have sex with him. Right. It wasn't, like, nothing like that. Like, and he wasn't cheating. It was, like, the first time a black man, they in a family, they together, they married, got a child, high school sweethearts. He doing right. Yeah, he may not be making a lot of money, but he trying. Mm-hmm. And she, He's working at the airport. But it's like she was trying and it just wasn't working out. And she felt like she just needed to get it somewhere else from somebody Cause she in that world, but then the, the my second episode um, was um, when they got back together because he was about to get married, right? And right. he realized that he loved her, and I was like, "This is what I'm saying." Like the fact that he can not go through with something because he was, even though in his heart he probably, I mean, in his mind he probably felt like this would be the right step. In his heart, he's like, "I still love my wife." Like she made a mistake. I love her, and it took two years, two seasons to do it. But, yeah. I like the episode. I mean, I definitely think that the episodes that y'all said sound a little better. <laughs> um, but I like the episode when Joan was was going, was stressing because of her and Tony's relationship. Mm. And her hair was falling out and stuff like that. Because I think that it showed that although it's not a romantic relationship, you know, friendships still have the ability to wait on you. And you can still like stress from them because you love that person. So mm-hmm. I think it just showed a dynamic of like, is this friendship worth saving, savoring? How how could we feel by feeling betrayed by our friend? You know, that kind of thing. Even though she yeah. was betraying. And also, yeah. um, just going back on the fact that I was watching Girlfriends the other day randomly. It comes on like I at 2 a.m. Yeah, snap. Oh, yeah it, it was coming it comes on at 2 a.m. On um, BT, and it was showing this episode about just Joan not getting recognition from her male counterparts in work. Like oh, that's yeah. why I was just like, "Yo, girlfriends was beyond its time." Wasn't the one where she like flipped out? Yeah, and she was like talking <laughs> to like her head. And then I was watching this other episode about because I, I literally watch girlfriends every day when I come home from work. And um, it was an episode about mental health. And Maya was like, why are you... Like, Tony was like, why are you going to therapy? And then Maya was coming at her like, you know, black people, all we do is we go to church. Like, the fact that that these are issues that we're talking about now. And we cannot forget the HIV episode with Kimberly Elise. That was good. That shed a lot of light. Yeah. But, of course, girl... Oh, my God. That episode was crazy. That episode, when she cut her hand... When she cut her hand, everyone was like, oh, my God. God. And that just that just showed the lack of knowledge within the black community when we it comes to HIV. We were scared from blood, like the hell. And this just um, but besi- well, I have a question for you. Yeah, because I love TV, I love sitcoms. So besides Girlfriend, what other sitcoms do you like that's about a group of female friends? Well, I'm liking the Sisters on BET. Hmm. 
I never even heard of that. Yeah, it's a new Tyler Perry show. It's been okay. out for like a week or so now. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe more, but um, yeah, I'm liking that. That is just talking about all things black, or even like Netflix, like um, Netflix. What was that one with Amber Rose? Oh, I didn't Wait, watch it. Amber Rose and oh, Eva um, Marcel. Yeah, I saw that. It was, it, like, it was. It's called said, "It's cheesy as heck." Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> Amber like, it really is. It's cheesy. It's like not the best, but it's like it's with um, it's with Drew Sedora. It's with uh, Drew Sedora. <laughs> from the game, from the actually, game. and then it's from um, Amber Rose and Eva Marcel from America's Next Top Model, and they just going throughout their business. They are talking about males, but it, it's not a sitcom, but it, it's just other content that's right. with females. Um, I would definitely have to say Living Single. Word. Whenever <laughs> that comes on, I tune in. Like I there's like, never a time I skip that. over that if it's on. I think that's a great dynamic of friends. They have their um different personalities and it just coincides so well. So yeah. I'm gonna take it back, back, back. I'm a fan and I love I watch it every night before I'm about to go to sleep. It's the Golden Girls. You watch a lot before you go to sleep. The Golden Girl like I know, like literally the Golden Girls are you watch in the rotation. Girls? I watch the Golden oh, Girls that's every my night. Show. My mother I watch that. it every night. And <laughs> even though they're white women, but like they're shady, they're old and they're living in their prime and being yeah. great. So I wanna kinda like switch gears to Back to girlfriends and their highlights with um, Charlotte Maine's interview uh, from the Breakfast Club. It was just great feedback, just talking about how Lynn uh, Persia White, uh, sh- the actress, she was talking about how like she is half black, half white, but the character of Lynn was originally supposed to just be um, like white. A- a white woman, and which it had, it was like a huge thing on Twitter. Like people, mm-hmm. and they showed the original Lynn too with, with the um girls because they took they took pictures before, and that was like a huge thing too. Like she's the one who suggested like that she be mixed, right? Mm-hmm. And that was such a smart move to me because it was just like she was like, yeah, I know people gonna come for me, and if they do, that's fine. Like she was just taking it on because she was just like, I want this story to be told. So I thought that that was a really good highlight. Other highlights I thought was um, when it was just talking about Diana Ross. Um, I also thought a good highlight was when they talked about when Tony left because that's when I was. Oh, I was so yes. I was upset with that because I'm just like, how y'all gonna do girlfriends without Tony? Like Tony was extra. And they she was all of those They answered every question. So if you haven't listened to it. I yeah. really advise you yeah, to tune definitely. in. Yeah, I need to tune in. I want to know why she left. Yeah. She de- okay, so we're going to just tell you right here and then you got to listen to the rest. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, they she just said she left because she felt like she was on there too long and she didn't. Like at that time, like let's think back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. for a black, sh- like just a primary black show, she said she still didn't know casting directors and producers and things like that. Like she, she still didn't know them. Like even three seasons in, four seasons in, she still didn't know anybody to book her a job. So she felt like it was the best to not get pigeon, like quote unquote pigeonholed more into this production. She wanted to try to get herself out there and get more jobs because she had movies that was at the time going to come out, more projects at the time that was going to come out. So she wanted to get herself out there. You know how, cause how it is nowadays when they say you stay too long, you mm-hmm. could potentially not get jobs. Exactly. Well, did so she get any after girlfriends? I haven't Do you seen remember her. seeing her. No, no, I haven't seen her. In. I could say Maya was in like, um, R and B divas. And she was also in the movie with Queen Latifah. Um, 
Beauty shop. Okay. Yeah. But um, I would say for everyone, I'm like hoping Mara does this movie. I'm ready to fund this movie because no one else is ready to fund Charlamagne this movie should Mara. fund it. Charlamagne she should, should fund, fund it. Fund he it. out here giving scholarships and whatnot. He should fund the movie. But um, I mean, the girlfriends in the interview with Charlamagne, they talked about it. But I just wanted to know your perspective on it. Is that if Girlfriends was re- re- was rebooted for a movie, where would you see Joan, Maya, Lynn, and Tony? Me personally, I see Joan as a as a judge. I see her going to a fertility clinic and having a child. I still see her single. Maya, mm, okay. Maya is definitely writing books and she's writing hood series books like <laughs> I um, love the hood books. like Fly Girl and The Coldest Winter <laughs> I Ever. <love> it. <laughs> I see Lynn as an activist for PETA and Black Lives Matter and and the feminist movement. And I see Tony. I don't know. I see Tony. Um, changing her career because you know she was a real estate agent but I see her doing interior design and I see her and Joan and everyone reconnecting Cheryl's I could not have said it better, better. myself yes yeah. you just I agree with you everything right. you said <laughs> so this just transitions into um, our other our main topic which is the feminist movement yes which is referred to as a series of a political campaigns for reform on issues such as reproductive rights, domestic violence, maternity, maternity leave, equal pay, women's suffrage, and more. The first wave of feminist movement was between the period of the 19th and early 20th century. Throughout the world, it focused on legal issues, primarily on gaining women's suffrage the right to vote. So civil rights advocate Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989 introduced the term intersectionality. She saw that women of color are double are doubly discriminated against for being black and being women, particularly in the in the law. So y'all know when Donald Trump got elected after his election, the woman march popped off and it was a worldwide protest on January 21st, 2017. Um, and that's why I love this episode of Blackage. Did you did you guys watch the episode of Blackage? No, I, I can. I didn't get a chance. To. So explain it. So um, basically, in this episode, Rainbow was upset with Diane because Rainbow um, was a strong feminist, and when she asked Diane, "Do she refer to herself as a feminist?" Diane was like, "Nah, feminist is for white people." And later on, um, Diane ended up going to. Um, Bo's feminist group. So Bo realized that her um, women's activism group was totally whitewashed. So she's just like, nah, I need some flavor in this. So she invited her friends, aka her black up, her college friends, which was her girlfriends. And that's when they made the special appearance. And this episode itself, it explored white feminist blind spots and black women's reluctance to refer to themselves as feminists. Um, since feminism is for white women and brings up the conversation of intersexual feminism, a lot of black women don't consider themselves fem- as being labeled as feminists. The conversation didn't just stop at gender. This episode also touched on a very touchy topic that needs to be talked about, where Bo's husband, Dre, um, at the end of the episode, he realized that men are the white people of gender. So he realized his privilege in this. Okay. Okay. So, um, I mean, you guys didn't really see the episode, so I can't really ask you your thoughts. But I can ask you, 
do you consider, okay, prior to all this information I just told you about the feminist movement, um, intersexuality, but do you consider yourself a feminist? Absolutely. Okay. I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I do. So, Anaya, why do you consider yourself to be a feminist? I consider myself to be a feminist because I believe in the, the social economic equality of men and women. Do I think that black women um, have more to deal with than, than white women? 100 percent but that i feel like that shouldn't take away from you know me feeling passionate about or fighting for my gender right Mm -hmm. so do you feel that men can also be feminist too i think they can understand what we go through that they can see our side and our point of views i don't know if they can be feminist do you um i'm a i'm a person that totally believes in privilege and I feel that you need to recognize your privilege before you can support any oppressed, marginalized group in general. Okay. So if a man understands that, okay, women are getting less in pay, they're dealing with rape, and they're dealing with sexual abuse, then yeah, they can definitely advocate. Yeah, for, I'd um, rather you say you're a feminist than a misogynist. Exactly. Or... I agree with that. Um, would you say that feminist movements are needed? As millennials, are, are they even needed in this century? Unfortunately, it's about to be 2020 and we still deal with the same stuff. Yeah. I don't think we're, I still, I don't think that we are still getting paid what our white male counterparts or mm-hmm. our black counterpart, male counterparts are, are making. So I think it's still an issue. Would you saying that's an issue, would you say that's the biggest worldwide problem facing women? Or do you feel that, like, what would you think, what do you think is the biggest worldwide problem facing women that women do it um personally i think that the i think double standards is i mean i know there are double standards on both sides but i think that there are not enough men that understand us and talk about it and what we go through (laughs) and what we experience and it's like because they don't understand it we are constantly just being limited and it's all these double standards and stuff going around. I think that's like one of the biggest things. How about you, Ari? What was the question? Okay. Um, what is the biggest worldwide problem facing women? Oh, I would say uh, wage gaps. That's I would huge. say that's the uh, biggest worldwide problem facing women because at the end of the day, if a man were to go into an interview or get a job and they are discussing their rate and they're negotiating, they would get more leg room, more negotiating, more negotiation towards that. If a woman comes in, they are, you know, not getting that same respect. And I feel as though that that is not because we're any less than we can do the job better 20 times over. But it's just not something that's there yet. Right. So um, I would say that that's the biggest problem facing women. And with that being said, I would have to ask you, what are some ways to bridge the gap and find a medium when it comes to white feminism and black feminism? Because, I mean, there are differences. Women, yeah, we can try to stick together all we want. But, I mean, it does kind of have to separate at some point. Yeah, because they still have that privilege. I think that it's... a thing of taking accountability and understanding privilege and accepting the fact that like if I'm a white woman I am a white woman and 
I have the opportunities that black women can't. That's why I, I mess with your girl from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. Ellen um, Pompeo. Ellen Pop, a.k.a. Meredith Grey. Like you using your platform to spread awareness about. Because she'd be quick to tell everybody that white people got privilege. Yeah. And um, even if y'all seen Chelsea that. Chelsea Handler. Um, not, Chelsea Handler has a documentary. And even if you've seen like a couple couple weeks ago, it had went viral on Ball Alert and Shade Room where the um lawyer had talked about her dog and basically saying that the cops had searched her house. Exactly. And whatnot. So I just feel like it's accountability. Like a lot of people, a lot of feminists don't realize the fact that, yeah, y'all was getting the bottom of the barrel, but we was even in the bottom, in of, the the bottom 19- of that. Even <laughs> in nineteen twenty when um the women's suffrage acts with which our sorority, Zeta Phi Beta, was like huge and advocating for, a lot of white women don't realize that, like, okay, y'all got the right to vote, but we we Yeah. We yeah. still was getting discriminated on. Exactly. So I just feel like that's why I love the episode of Blackish and the fact that it talked about that and you were able to see both perspectives. So my final question for both of you is how would the world change if there was perfect sexual equality? Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> that's like the Woo! Just but first all around. I just feel like, like, just in your professional life, your right. I think life, it will change everything. Mm-hmm. We would get rid of gender norms. We would get rid of double standards. Like double double standards. standards. Yeah. Equal yeah. pay. So much stuff. I feel like it in, would just be like a. This is who you are. This is what my partner does. This is what I do, and this is the way of life. Ain't no judge zone. You ain't exactly. about to judge me for it. And at the end of the day, I just feel like. It would be a step forward to eliminating oppression. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. So to wrap this all up, we unpacked it so much. Again, um, rest in peace to the late, great Diane, Diane Carroll. Obviously, we are so happy that um, Girlfriends is finally getting the recognition that they deserve. Mara, if you're listening, I'm ready for that movie, sis. I, I could be in a writer's Bring Back room. Love is another Ooh, yeah, another network. Yes. It was so good. And and we just want to say that feminism is real and you can be that, but let's try to stay with the times. Let's try to be as objective as we can because at the end of the day, we still have a lot of big steps to fill and a lot of um journeys to cross and um make sure that you stay tuned for obviously all like we only have one episode left of season two so we want to make sure that you follow and that you tell us how you've enjoyed tmp thus far um i would personally say um of course feminism just the study of women's sexuality is important. Like yeah. men, y'all gotta wake up. Y'all gotta. Y'all learn. have far y'all have less problems. Y'all, y'all have far less up. problems. Y'all have to wake up. Y'all have to understand males. Y'all have privileges. Like I'm just against the fact that I feel like when it comes to oppression, everyone is arguing on who's more oppressed, and this is not the oppression Olympics. Message. White women and people of privilege, status of higher class, need to just take accountability. So we can create equality and we can move on. Um, obviously, our season finale is coming up. Um, girlfriends, you know, Mara, I-, I need that reboot and I'm here for it. I, I-, I will do fundraisers to sponsor. <laughs> and thank you. We want to obviously thank Anaya for being on this episode again. Anaya, thank what do you have to say as final words? Um, as final words, I think that it's one thing for us to 
being supportive of each other, just continuing to lift, lift each other up and being aware of, you know, the issues, breast cancer, how we're being portrayed and things of that nature. And I need the guys to also wake up and pay attention and also be conscious of this stuff as well. So we will, we hope that you were able to follow us and unpack this episode with us. Episode 11 of season two. We only have one more episode left. So make sure that you stay tuned and come back to us for episode 12 of season two. Because it's going to be amazing. And And also, if you have thoughts, feelings, if you just want to vent to us, you can hit us up in our email. And our, our DMs. DMs. If you like girlfriends too and you want to talk episode, you want to talk. We will talk that I will you. talk that with you because I can sit there. I literally, on Saturdays when I'm off and it's a girlfriend's marathon, I ain't leaving I be, You need to hit me up <laughs> next time because you and me hit me up. But make sure that. Because <laughs> we breaking up soon. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> but um, make sure that you stay tuned. This is episode 11. It's all things um the year. What is it? Okay, it's all things black feminism, feminism in general, if it's a race issue, and breast cancer, Diane Carroll and all. The future of female is, oh hell yes, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Maya's voice. Peace. You can stream the Millennial Herb podcast on Anchor every Thursday starting 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on anchor.fm backslash the Millennial Herb podcast, including any other streaming site, including Google Podcasts, Apple Music, and Spotify. Also, make sure to follow the Millennial Herb podcast on Instagram or Facebook. We definitely love to hear how you have enjoyed our season thus far. Leave comments on our page and be sure to share with your friends. Make sure that you follow me, Ariel Ryan. That's Ariel underscore Ryan and my co-host Cheryl's I underscore five U-R-E-L-Y-R-E-J-O-I-C-E Goodbye. See you next time. Next episode on the Millennial Podcast. It's our season finale. And season finale. And we're joined with a live audience that's here in the studio and with they us. Live. And they're um, weighing in on a lot of hot topics. We're also joined by Flea and find out which co-host that he'll take to a party versus a protest. We're also talking all things hot topics from Shade Room to Baller Alert, talking Takashi69, talking about Lisa Ray and Dwayne Martin going through a little battle. So make sure that you stay tuned for our latest and greatest final episode for 2019. So make sure you stay tuned for the next episode.